Well, hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about paranoid personality disorder uh, for purposes of this content i'm going to refer to this disorder as ppd this podcast is not intended to replace therapy counseling or seeing a psychiatrist all information is researched and opinions are my own i am an inpatient mental health registered nurse and professional content developer so What we're going to really be discussing concerning PPD is uh, symptoms, causes, treatment, and effective ways uh, to deal with individuals who have this disorder. The hallmarks of this personality disorder are distrust and suspicion. Individuals who exhibit constitutional paranoia do not normally confide in other people and frequently misread others. Uh, Redefining innocuous statements and behavior as, oh, just not well-intended. The paranoid personality disordered person is suspicious of others. This individual thinks that others are out to threaten, betray, exploit, or harm. This disorder presents most often in young adulthood. Uh, People with paranoid personality disorder are not normally grounded in reality. Nor do they admit that they have negative feelings about other people. They distrust people so much that they will not discuss how they feel and they harbor suspicions for lengthy periods of time. Paranoid personality disorder is within a group of conditions called Cluster A. I've uh, had many of the personality disorders I've discussed uh, in Cluster A. Uh, People within this cluster often appear odd or peculiar. The prevalence of paranoid personality disorder is estimated at 1.21% to 4.4% of the population. So let's jump into symptoms. Signs and symptoms of paranoid personality disorder as cataloged by the DSM-5, which I call the Bible of mental health uh, slash psychiatry and uh, psychology. Uh, Number one, pervasive distrust and suspicion of others such that their motives are interpreted as 
malevolent, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by four or more of the following. And there are seven. So you have to have four or more of the following here. Suspects without sufficient basis that others are exploiting, harming, or deceiving him or her is preoccupied with unjustified doubts about the loyalty or trustworthiness of friends or associates, is reluctant to confide in others because of unwarranted fear that the information will be used maliciously against them, reads benign remarks or events as demeaning or threatening, persistently bears grudges such as is unforgiving of insults, injuries, or slights, perceives attacks on their character or reputation that are not apparent to others and is quick to react angrily or to counterattack. And lastly, has recurrent suspicions without justification regarding fidelity of spouse or sexual partner. Again, uh, to have a diagnosis of paranoid personality disorder, an individual has to have four or more of those seven items I mentioned. All right, so it, it does not occur exclusively during the course of schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or depressive disorder with psychotic features or another psychotic disorder, and it's not attributable to the psychological effects of another medical condition. So remember, the pervasive distrust and suspicion of others, such that their motives are interpreted as a certain way, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by four or more of the following. And then we jump to does not occur exclusively during the course of schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or depressive disorder with psychotic features or another psychotic disorder and is not attributable to the physiological effects of another medical condition. I wanted to repeat those two things as far as under symptoms. So uh, please note, if criteria are met prior to the onset of schizophrenia, uh, you should add pre-morbid such as paranoid personality disorder 
premorbid. And that's for those who are in the field. That's an FYI. A couple of questions. In fact, I'll, I'll just go through one question. And that is, are schizophrenia and borderline personality disorder similar to paranoid personality disorder? Well, both schizophrenia and borderline personality disorder have elements have elements of paranoia and suspicion of others. For this reason, these disorders are sometimes hard to accurately diagnose. And that's why it's important to go to a psychiatrist who specializes and lives all of this and is able to assess and diagnose and refer to the DSM-5. So this isn't something I would go to a, a family doctor to be diagnosed. Because this just isn't their specialty. They should refer a person to a psychiatrist. So let's look at causes, shall we? Causes of Paranoid Personality Disorder, PPD, as, as cataloged by the DSM-5. So I'm referencing the DSM-5 here. Paranoid personality disorder may be first apparent in childhood or adolescence. People who suffer prefer solitude. They have poor peer relationships, social anxiety, academic underachievement, hypersensitivity, uh, peculiar thoughts and language, and idiosyncratic fantasies. These young people may appear to be odd or eccentric, and they are good targets for teasing. In clinical samples, this disorder appears to be more commonly diagnosed in males. There is some evidence for an increased prevalence of paranoid personality disorder among those whose relatives have schizophrenia. In fact, some behaviors that are influenced by specific life circumstances may be erroneously labeled paranoid. It may even be reinforced by the process of clinical e evaluation. In addition, early childhood trauma may be a contributor as well. So do other mental illnesses affect Paranoid personality disorder. Other disorders and mental illnesses can compound the symptoms of paranoid personality disorder. Mood disorders such as anxiety 
and depression, for example, can exacerbate feelings of paranoia. So does environment affect the risk of paranoia? And the answer is an individual's environment does affect the risk of paranoid personality disorder. People are at higher risk of this disorder if they suffered trauma, abuse, or a chaotic household earlier in life. Isolation and stressful situations can also encourage the development of paranoia. Let's talk about treatment. There are effective treatments for paranoid personality disorder. However, the individual may harbor suspicion about the mental health professional, which can hurt the management of this disorder. People with PPD may suffer chronic paranoia if it's left untreated. Therapy and some medications have actually proven to be effective approaches. Interestingly enough, if this is left untreated, the person may suffer difficulties at work and at home. Comprehensive treatment can include both formal and informal approaches. Informal recovery may include self-help via family support, uh, services for housing, and vocational assistance. The use of medications for paranoid personality disorder is mostly discouraged. Medications may have an adverse effect with increased paranoia and suspicion, leaving the individual to forego treatment altogether. So if the individual suffers specific symptoms such as severe anxiety or delusions that result in dysfunction or self-harm or harm to others, medication is recommended. Anti-anxiety drugs such as diazepam, which is known as Valium, can be prescribed if daily function has been impeded. Antipsychotic medications such as uh, Haldol may also be used. These medications should be prescribed for the shortest period feasible. The most favorable treatment for paranoid personality disorder is psychotherapy. People who suffer from this personality disorder have often experienced difficulties that are ingrained and impede interpersonal relations. A health therapist client alliance will offer a great benefit to those who suffer. The paranoid personality disordered does not normally seek help. They do not normally seek help. And 
they normally discontinue therapy. Patients with this disorder can suffer for a lifetime and require regular therapy. And given that, let's talk about how to deal with PPD in a loved one or a friend or someone that you interact with on a regular basis. First of all, living with or being with someone who is diagnosed with PPD requires compassion, empathy, patience, and understanding. So here are some ways to deal with a PPD in your loved ones that will make this journey and your relationship with them better. First of all, please take them seriously. Uh, while reading an article on living with paranoid personality disorder, I came across a line by someone experiencing it. The most helpful thing for me is to be taken seriously. That was the line. The most helpful thing for me is to be taken seriously. So this is the first measure to undertake in order to help the person you know. Even if you feel their thoughts are not real or are irrational, uh, do remember that some real-life anxieties are underlying the same. Don't overlook that reality. And then uh, be sensitive to their feelings. Uh, you definitely wish to offer the person you know some level of comfort by being there for them. While you are being with them, you can also slowly learn to identify their triggers this will serve two main purposes. Uh, it'll help you focus on their feelings and acknowledge the same and lower down their level of distress. Which leads me to suggest to support them. Apart from being supportive of their thoughts and feelings, uh, you could also support them with their journey of treatment. If you read um, some case studies or go on the internet, um, you'll see that there's always an unwillingness to take treatment. Uh, therefore, being by their side and encouraging them to follow the treatment is just such an important part of supporting them. And then it leads to respect them. You definitely might be aware of the sound choices to make under 
a given situation, but this doesn't mean that you will take decisions on their part. It's important to respect their wishes and let them make decisions. You want to, again, support them, but do respect them as well. Consider their thoughts. You may often disregard their thoughts, thinking of them as paranoid, or you may disagree with them as they don't match your expectations and experiences. But sometimes you have to pause, think, review, and move forward. Consider if their thoughts hold any belief or are justified in any manner. Another thing, be accepting and yet firm. Instead of arguing with their thoughts and feelings, be empathetic towards them. As their thought might not be real for you, but it is real for them. Here you can try to communicate and reassure them that you respect what they believe instead of giving a reality test to them. And how about tell them their strengths? We all have the inner assets that give us the power to fight the challenges of life. But mental health conditions often overshadow these assets. If you are a support system for someone to remove this fog from their life and tell them about their strengths. Apart from it, you too should be aware of the fact that they are more than their symptoms and focus on their positives. I had mentioned this, and that is anticipate their triggers. There might be certain situations in which an individual with a paranoid personality disorder will experience a rise in their symptoms. You cannot only check for such situations in advance, but also prepare them for it by imparting sufficient information. And then educate yourself. Of course, you are by their side and are well aware of the symptoms and their conditions, but that's not not it. You have to take a step ahead and educate yourself beyond symptoms. Strive to read about the lifestyle that can strike positivity. Consult their mental health expert and ask for relevant information about their ongoing treatment. Don't interfere, but just be aware. And with that, when I say their mental health expert, that is with the permission from the person you know. You can't, cannot just call a mental health professional and uh, seek information about their ongoing treatment. Uh, that is interfering, and it's a violation of HIPAA if it's not approved. Just uh, be aware of it. Uh, but you can also talk to the individual 
who is going uh, seeking help. Uh, ask them how they're doing. Ask for their feedback um, about their treatment. Another thing, though, that a lot of people forget, and that is you have to take care of yourself. Whether you are dealing with a person with PPD or your loved one is just they your loved one is just don't forget to take care of yourself in this journey of defeating it let me say that again whether you are dealing with a person with PPD if you are an individual and dealing with PPD, I wanted to add that. Just don't forget to take care of yourself in this journey of defeating it. A strong you is the prerequisite for winning over the paranoid personality disorder. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.